Hello and welcome to the Core Perform Corner, where registered dietitians and personal trainers teach you how to optimize your gut health, hormones, and fitness. Our team has utilized the trademark and evidence-based Core Perform protocol to transform over 500 lives mentally and physically. Here at Core Perform, we have three core values that are family, communication, and care. So if you are ready, subscribe to join our family, communicate with us through our Facebook group to ask questions, and we'll take care of the rest. Please remember this episode should not be used as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. And now, let's get on to this week's question. Hello and welcome back to the Core Perform Corner, where we answer all of your questions every single week or every other week that are posted in our public Facebook group. Um, this week, we have a new guest, which is going to stay, but also going to swap out our most beloved Courtney. Courtney, we're going to miss you so much, but we're so excited. So why don't you share like your new position that you're starting? We're super excited for you. Can't wait to see you thrive again in clinical settings. Thank you. It This was bittersweet. So um, I did end up accepting a position with a local hospital in my town. I will be a clinical acute care dietitian. So most of my work will actually be in like the ICU. I'll be doing a little bit of pediatrics, working with rehab for stroke patients, things like that, a little mix of everything. Um, but I'm pretty excited to get back into the ICU. Um, that was one of my favorite rotations in my internship. So that's what I'll be doing. I'll be starting that in a couple of weeks and I'm excited, but it is a bittersweet transition besties for life, still going to follow through with everything. And one of these days we'll have our little meet and greet and putts around and be dorks together in public. Literally always, you know me, I'm like so happy for you. You little math nerd probably will love the ICU. <laughs> um, it is for those of you who don't know, it's a lot of um, calculations and macronutrient calculations and like the electrolyte balances and like a lot of math in there, yeah. um, which is fun for Courtney, I guess weird stuff. Like I remember when I was in my internship, like some guy, I'm using air quotes here, fell on a needle and had like necrotizing fasciitis and had to be on a tube feed and like all this other crazy stuff. So like his wound healing care was like insane. And I was like, just like little old intern, like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. I ha I think, I, saw, I mean, the cases that you see when you're in the ICU, I had one guy who almost killed himself going keto. Oh my God. Yeah. He was in the ICU with, um, ketoacidosis. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Poor, oh. poor guy. But okay. So anyways, so Courtney's moving on. So let's introduce our newest kind of dietitian, not kind of, but our actual newest dietitian who honestly, Courtney and I are so excited for, because this is something that core perform has been missing for so long. And I am just so excited. I've already given her so many of some of my clients who I know she's going to just expedite their healing journeys with just because of how much her specialty has to do with your gut health. So Sarah, why don't you introduce yourself, kind of give a little background and we'll go from there. Yeah. So my name's Sarah and I'm super excited to join Core Perform's team. Um, but a little bit about me, I have been a dietitian for several years and I primarily worked with um, sports nutrition, so that's my background. Um, I worked in a lot of Division One settings, working with athletes, and I love working with active individuals. So I think that's why Core Perform is such a great fit for me. But um, while working with um, that athletic population, um, things like eating disorders and gut health issues come up pretty frequently. 
So that's how I got involved in those two fields. And um, over the last year, I've spent some time working at um, an outpatient like eating disorder clinic. And I've learned so much knowledge from that experience coupled with my past with working with athletes in general. So I'm excited to bring what I've learned um, through my experiences to the clients at Core Perform. So if anybody ever has questions about um, like disordered eating behaviors or if they feel like they don't have a really great relationship with their food or exercise or their bodies, um, I am a great resource for you all. So please feel free to reach out um, either by email or Facebook or just get in touch. So we're super excited to have Sarah on board. So welcome, Sarah. Moving forward, Sarah and I will be doing the podcast and Courtney will be in the ICU and we will be dreaming of her every single night. <laughs> Sketchy ways. <Probably. laughs> Honestly, when I was in the in the, in the hospital, I would have the most awful dreams of like me having like an ostomy bag, like me having <laughs> whatever I would see, I would like dream of having in my life. I was taking on my patient's prognoses way too much. I was not a good fit for clinical setting, but Courtney's quite the opposite because she's such a people person that she needs to get out of the house, which is why I'm so excited for her for this. Alrighty, well, let's dive into some questions because we're a bit short on time uh, moving forward. But if anyone wants to work with Sarah, is interested in food freedom, in intuitive eating, Sarah is absolutely phenomenal like when I was interviewing you Sarah I was just absolutely astounded and floored by how you really are so confident and know how to position the conversation in such a healing way for the patient um, for anyone who's struggling with food freedom so if you guys are interested in working with Sarah even doing like a one-time consult with her just to explore how she can benefit your relationship with food um, feel free to reach out to us support at corpreform.com and we will hook you up with her um, absolutely so Courtney you have the first question right Alrighty. And I love this question. So we can kind of dive into this a little bit, but, um, I had a client ask me, do you find that what you eat for breakfast directly impacts the bowel movement that day? I'm wondering because ever since I switched to oatmeal with sun butter in the mornings, I've been very regular. Why is this? Oatmeal has its own specific fibers in it, um, that can elicit and help. They're very high in soluble fiber as well that can help to create bowel movements. So it could just be the oatmeal itself for some people, oatmeal constipates them really bad. Um, but it sounds like for you, it's something that's really helping improve your regularity. So keep up with the oatmeal. Sounds great. Um, I would say that that's probably why it's just the fibers. Um, it could also be the fact that you need to go in the, in the morning. Most people go to the bathroom in the morning and after they eat in general, that can really help. Them totally. Yeah. Her breakfast before were very, um, you know, heavy in protein, which is like great protein's important, but there was missing that like fiber and like carbohydrate component. So it was like eggs and bacon and turkey sausage and all of these things, but it was missing that component. So I think that switch really helped her out. All right. You guys next. All right. Someone was asking me, how do you overcome gut health issues without supplements? And so I wanted to break it down in four very easy to follow um, concepts so that you know, like, again, our systems, our bodies are able to overcome any infection. Like if it's healthy, it should be able to overcome anything, right? Otherwise we would all have SIBO. We would all have H. pylori. We would all have candida. Like all of us would be suffering from all these GI issues 
if our bodies weren't already capable and able of overcoming this. And so I preach this in my mentorship. I preach this in my coaching. So might as well preach it in my podcast, right? (laughs) So there are four things that we need systemically in order to overcome infection specific to the GI. One is brain power. You actually have to want to get better. And I say this, but, and it sounds like, well, duh, I want to get better, but no, no. There are certain people and there's nothing against this type of person. I'm just opening up the conversation to investigate and explore within yourself. Ask yourself if this, if you resonate with this, some people have a very much victim mentality. It is not that they want to be victims. It is that being sick keeps them safe. Being sick keeps me from doing things that make me feel uncomfortable. So for example, being sick and having stomach issues keeps me from having to go out and be social and do all of these things. And this goes into more of like a disordered eating approach, but it's also very common for um, autoimmune conditions as well, where being sick and having arthritis or something else is keeping me safe from needing to push myself and go exercise or something else. It's it's keeping me in a safe and comfortable place to be sick. So although you can say you want to get better, until you truly dig deep and actually feel empowered and healed and have a positive perspective, instead of thinking, I'm always going to be sick. I'm always like this. I hate my body. I hate this. Blah, blah. It's very negative victim you will never get better. Sorry, but you just never will get better because you don't want to. So the first step is brain power. So hopefully that makes sense uh, as to why I start off with it. You have to want to get better. And it's a lot deeper than just wanting to get better. It's a true core value of yours that you will do anything. You will stop doing anything. You will start doing anything. You will stop all exercises. You will consume a a cup of olive oil, although I'll never have you do that. But if that's Mm -hmm. what it takes to get better, I'm going to do it. You know, that's the mentality that you need to have. The second one I would say is digestive capacity. Having enough stomach acid to break down proteins, having enough pancreatic enzymes to break down our foods, we need that. You need that in order to get better. You need that because it's our first line of defense. Stomach acid is our first line of defense. That acid is what kills off those pathogens when they enter into our body. So if that is weak, you're going to be weak because you're constantly going to get reinfected or you're constantly not going to be able to digest your food and constantly going to be bloated. The third thing is your immune system. You have to have an army able to overcome the battle of the infection. And what I mean by that is I like to imagine a little boy with that's naked in the middle of a field. Would you ever put him into a battle? No, no, of course not. He's not going to win. What you need is you need to build a full army of people, armor them with a lot of equipment, then they're ready for battle and then they can overcome the infection. Same thing with our immune system, our SEC IgA. Um, Those are really important to equip. And unfortunately, after chronic PPI use or chronic medication use or chronic antibiotics or chronic dysbiosis, chronic poor gut health, that can all drive down your immune system. And also very simply, chronic low vitamin D, if your vitamin D is below 50, that can also directly impact it. So that's number three. Number four is your liver. 
your liver has to be able to filter out the toxins that are being produced by the back that by the bad gut bugs and be able to filter them out. So they're not constantly causing more inflammatory processes in the GI. And so as we kill off bad gut bugs, if your body is overflowing and your liver is overflowing, they can't keep up you're going to have a sluggish liver. You're going to have poor bile secretion. You're going to have harder time breaking down food and it's going to cycle and cycle and cycle. So I'm going to repeat this. One, brain power. Two is digestive capacity. Three is immune system. And four is your liver. If you can get all of those things working on point, your gut health will improve. All right, Sarah, you had a question. Yeah. So earlier today, um, a question was brought up and I thought it would be helpful to go over it for um, the wider generation, um, like population, I guess. So um, someone asked about saving calories before bed. Often um, this person was struggling with just hoarding calories and overeating at night. Um, So um, going over why this happens, a lot of people will save calories for bed or like nighttime, because typically that's when more indulgent foods are brought out. Dinner time tends to be um, just a meal that a lot of people just look forward to. So people save calories to indulge. What that does for our minds is it sets us up to uh, like think in restrictive ways for the rest of the day. And when you do that, it causes you to have like this floodgate mentality where throughout the day, you're really good, you're disciplined. And then at night before bed, all the rules go out the window and you just can kind of overindulge. Even if you're not going to that extreme, if you have some sort of mentality that mimics that, it can still cause you to feel like you're craving things at night or wanting things or overeating just generally. So that's um, one thing to help like address that is to stop that restrictive mindset. So although, yes, calories at night might be, you know, a little bit more overindulgent, rather than trying to save for them, just try to be more moderate. So rather, try to make sure you have good um, calories and macronutrients all throughout the day so that you're actually satisfied by the time that dinner time comes. Yes, you will be hungry, but the chances of you overeating are less because you're not actually starving at that point. So making sure you're meeting your needs throughout the day is key. Um, Another thing um, to address when it comes to nighttime eating is like, are you, um, is that the time where you're unpacking like um, your stressful day? Some people will find food very comforting. So people will um, overeat or, you know, eat out of boredom or mindlessly eat because it's just your time to relax. And that's what you associate with relaxation. I like there's nothing wrong with that. But what I challenge clients is to make sure that even while you're doing those kinds of like, you know, slow down activities and relaxation activities, try to be mindful with what you're eating. As you're putting the popcorn in your mouth, when was the last time you thought about like all your senses? So often mm-hmm. we just mindlessly eat things and it it just becomes a habit. We don't even realize we're no longer hungry or we're overly full. It just is a an associated like um, behavior where when you're in front of the TV, you have food in front of you and you're just kind of putting food in your mouth without thinking about it. So try to slow down. Ask yourself, how hungry am I on a scale of one to 10? Um And if you find yourself like really full, 
try to distract yourself and find a different activity. Move yourself to a different room or even doing something tactile with your ha um, hands can be really helpful. So like drawing or knitting or doing something to like distract yourself. Again, if you're actually hungry, I don't encourage that because you should actually eat. Um, but uh, just be mindful about your behaviors around that time. Um, I could go on and on about like tips and tricks on how to handle that, but I'll just stop it for there uh, for now. Um, and if you're interested, please reach out and I can elaborate more on that too. I love the senses tip that you brought up because that's something that I think was a very key point in my um, development in improving my own relationship with food was checking in and recognizing the smell of the food, the taste, the texture. And like, once I was able to do that, I was really able to enjoy it instead of just like, like you said, right. Mindlessly eating it, putting it in my mouth. And then I'm at the point where I'm so uncomfortably full. I don't even feel good anymore. So it's this like negative cycle. But as soon as I started adopting that behavior, like it, it was like an immediate change for me within like a couple of weeks of like, wow, I actually can like enjoy this food without obsessing about it. Like um, keeping Oreos or whatever in my house. Like now I can have them for like weeks and months at a time because I don't obsess about it anymore. So I love that you brought that up. Yeah, that's a good point. When you obsess over something or you um, feel like you can't have food in the house, um, that's something worthwhile exploring. So rather than having like an all or nothing mentality around indulgent foods, try to have um, some sort of mindfulness around it or moderation. So um, doing breaking that down and um, or breaking that down so that it actually happens can be scary because if you've had the mentality of, oh, I can't keep Oreos in the house, like to suddenly I am encouraged to keep them in the house. That can be a really like stressful like hurdle for a lot of people. But when you work on it, it can be so rewarding. For sure. All right, Dasha, should I ask the probiotic question? Yes. All right. So this was a question on our Facebook group. If you are not following the Core Perform community Facebook group, definitely do it. There's links to it in show notes. Um, this is a great group. If you have gut issues, you don't even have to be a client with us. You can join our Facebook group, ask questions and get resources and tons of information from the dietitians and coaches. So this was a question that Holly asked about gummy probiotics. So she said, her son has been on two rounds of antibiotics and he's complaining of stomach pain after eating. His pediatrician recommended a multi-strain probiotic, but told me to avoid gummy probiotics. She said, I've been giving him the Smarty Pants probiotic for probably the past year. My question is, are gummy probiotics crap? What else can I do to help him? Dasha, do you want to start unpacking that? Yes. So um, Smarty Pants is candy. Um, <laughs> right? <Not wrong. laughs> I mean, right? I mean it tastes delicious. Don't get me wrong. Smarty pants, like you got it going on. Um, but it's in terms of efficacious dosing, that's our number one thing. That's what we really want to, we want to hone in on now with probiotics and with pediatrics, you always wonder, well, Dasha, I mean, dosing wise, that means that might be actually dosed well for a child, right? Because if it's a quarter of the dose for an adult, maybe that means it's actually a good dose for a child, right? Here's the problem. Probiotics are extremely difficult to manufacture in a safe and stable way in order for them to have efficacious effects within the body. This is why you cannot take a probiotic that is spore-based and 
uh, lactobacillus bifido blends with a spore base with a bacillus all in one pill. It's because the stability of the actual probiotic would just die. It just wouldn't, it wouldn't survive. The mechanisms of every single probiotic, it's the capsule itself has a very specific acid, a very specific pH that it's broken down to that matches the part of the stomach that it's meant to actually occupy. So again, every single one of these is super specific to the probiotic strain. Now, the problem here is, okay, well, we're talking about pills and all these things. What about gummies, right? All right, well, gummies are digested quite quickly in the very beginning of the GI. And so what could be possible, what could be going on and why this person could be explaining, saying that it's not very great to have a probiotic in a gummy form is because it's never going to reach your large intestine. It's only going to reach that first uh, part of the stomach and it's not going to survive the stomach acid that it is going to be hit by because there's no capsule surrounding the probiotic to keep it safe from that pH until it reaches the large intestine. So that's probably why they're saying that they wouldn't recommend probiotics in gummy form, even though you would think it has to do with the dosing. It more so has to do with the actual form of the, of the supplement. And that also brings me to a good question that I always get asked too about, do I recommend pills over powders? I always recommend powders over pills. The only thing that needs to reach your large intestine should be things that are meant to reach the large intestine, right? Like things, something like a probiotic. Yes, I understand. Um, but something that I'm trying to heal your esophagus or your stomach with, and something that I actually want you to be able to absorb something that I want to trigger a bowel movement or something like that. Typically I would say powder is best because I don't need stomach acid, which a lot of people with GI issues don't have enough of. So they have a harder time breaking down foods already. I don't want to make it harder by putting a pill on it. I would just rather the powder. So most of the time I'm going to be recommending a powder when possible, but with something like a probiotic where it's very specific where I need it to go in the GI, we do recommend capsules. What do you think of uh, some of these recommendations um, from other comments? I, I think I like these. We can kind of go into this, but someone said um, to let him try some Activia yogurts. And then someone else said uh, Bio-K drinkable yogurts. So I was like, oh, heck yeah. Like yeah. some like that's perfect. Yeah, exactly. I love those. Were those guys in our GI map mentorship? <laughs> oh, <laughs> they just sounds like it and learning so much because they're part of the group. <laughs> Probably. Um, but yeah, they're absolutely right. Activia is an awesome one. BioCult. Um, BioGaea has little kids supplements and chewables too. So there are other ones that they can get um, their hands on. I would just make sure like even the BioGaea chewables, like just make sure you call the company and ask them if they have actual research to support it because a lot of them don't. So you don't want to fall for it. Yeah, totally. But cool. That was a good one. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, we have a short one today because we have to hop off, but thank you guys all for listening in. Be sure to join our Facebook group because we have some crazy Black Friday deals going on, you guys. It is insane. So be sure to join the Facebook group. We're going to post them. I think today we're actually sending out the emails and posting them. So make sure you're in the group. Um, crazy opportunities to get involved with us further and educate yourself because hint, hint, some of the courses that we put out 
are going to be crazy. So um, thank you guys all for joining. Courtney, we'll miss you. And Sarah, we're excited to have you on board moving forward. Bye. Guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs>